Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to wherever and whenever you're listening to. This is the Peripatia Theatre Podcast, Flipping the Script, with today's guest, Bryony Davies. Bryony, great to have you here. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy that we're finally doing this with hopefully no technical issues today. Yeah, a few TV <laughs> problems along the way, but what can be expected when we're working remotely? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so glad that everything's starting to open up now because at least it means that we can say goodbye to this awful technology. It's been a good, a good few months on it, nearly a year, never mind a few months, but I'm glad to be getting back to sort of reality and seeing people mm-hmm, definitely I want it to be a few years time when people go do you remember when we're on zoom all the time and then you're just like oh god I'm so or, glad that's not happening anymore <laughs> or it could be worse we could be telling our grandkids about zoom that could be yeah the, the old thing that we do <laughs> how do you describe yourself within the industry what are you that is something I've been contemplating a lot because there's moments where I'm like I just want to be an actor I just want to act 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 and and do all that but then I have such a creative mind that I constantly have to be doing something making something or just anything and then there's moments where I'm like well I'm an artist you know I've been painting for over 10 years that's what I was working towards for so long and then there's moments where I'm like I want to just write films I want to direct I want to do this I want to do that so I just I think the best bracket to put it in is a creative person that works in the avenue they feel like they feel like they're compelled to at the time which I know sounds probably a little bit I don't know pompous or whatever but that's the truth of it yeah (laughs) it's going with what you want at that time um, and what inspires you I think is important well definitely with that sort of creative output of having say your fingers in many pies I think it does help in the industry because it helps navigate different routes that we can get, go down towards so yeah say for the acting you, you're an actor but you've got the other things that you're sort of working towards as well sort of directing and the artists that help navigate mm-hmm. that path as well definitely and you, you can never really be bored mm. and whenever I've you know obviously you get loads of rejection and I'm quite early on in my acting but when I get a rejection for something it's not good but it's like I never feel that massive weight of oh god I really wanted that what am I going to do now because I just go well I've got this to do I've got that to do I can go and paint right now and I can be in a happy place of sitting and painting listening to a history podcast and just you know making something like I have the ability to if you know someone doesn't want me involved in their project to make something I can go and make something now it doesn't (laughs) it might not be seen as by as many people but you've got that luxury as a creative person to to just kind of get on with something else and be excited about something something else especially make it for yourself. What was the first memory of the arts for you? I have a terrible memory, but I was very lucky to be near Keswick, which has the great uh, theatre by the lake. So since I was born, I've gone to every Christmas show there. And then as I got older to the summer season. But when I was little, you know, we'd go to the theatre every year. Keswick has a great cinema as well. So it would be going to see things like they do the Christmas Carol or the Railway Children, the White Queen or the Snow Queen, I'm not sure. And things like that. And seeing these big, big productions and my grand- grandparents would always get tickets on the front row. So you'd be right there looking up mm. at it and thinking it's, you know, as a child, this show's just for you. And just thinking, I always wanted to be up there. I was like, I want the costume on. I want to be up there. I want to be making people entertained and stuff like that. So it would probably be that. And then on the art side, my parents love exploring. Like they love sightseeing. So they love going to, and they love history. And they're, they're never people to go on holiday and just sit down and do nothing. Whenever we went somewhere, they take us to like car 
castles and um, old country houses. So my first introduction to art, um, painting, especially in sculpture, was going to these great old manor houses with their huge, beautiful portraits and just being absolutely just captivated and just staring at them for, for ages at a time. And I'm still obsessed with with all that stuff now. <laughs> but yeah, for, for both of them, it was, yeah, it was from a very young age, just sort of being very lucky that I got to see great theatre and then also explore these, you know, like country houses, just art from the from the top to bottom, the architecture, the, the interior design, just everything in it is just a masterpiece, really, isn't it? I think it sounds really <laughs> incredibly lucky as well that sort of your surrounding areas was very impactful towards you becoming an artist, you becoming a creative. Yeah, although funnily enough, nothing to do with landscapes or mm. <laughs> yeah. the beautiful rolling hills that were around me in the Lake District. I was spoiled there, for sure. Yeah. But there might have been sort of a different career path that you could have taken with, say, if you you lived in sort of a city centre where mm-hmm. landscapes yeah. in terms of country houses isn't there. I mean, the Theatre Bag Lake is a beautiful theatre in itself. Gotcha. It's <laughs> incredible. One of my old lecturers at university is a lighting designer um, and she's done quite a few shows at Theatre at Lake. It was, uh, I've oh, been great. really lucky to see sort of the, the theatre from the outside view, but also in terms of the backstage as well but yeah it's a very beautiful theatre there's not a bad seat in that in that whole theatre mm. either like when I've been to other theatres in London you know once I've been spoiled at the theatre by the lake I was like god I can barely see anything or you're nearly behind a pillar or it's just so obstructed sometimes mm. whereas the theatre by the lake there's just even if you're sat right at the top or in the sides there's, it's such a great um, setting yeah I mean it's, it's a beautiful theatre just mm-hmm. we, we could probably do the whole podcast and how beautiful it is yeah uh, I really could talk about it yeah. <laughs> so how did that development come then from that sort of initial inspirational moment with theatre in the lake and the country houses how did you take that and then move it through your childhood how did you develop it's funny because I was a very imaginative child as we all are really but it, it's tricky because though we were kind of spoilt being where we were at the same time I feel like there's not the same push as there is in a city to try for things um, I felt very much at ease and just comfortable to just do what I wanted but I didn't feel like there was much to sort of push you towards doing uh, like youth theatre and stuff like that I didn't know about any of that that kind of thing or if I did I just wasn't too in my little daydream head that I just didn't pay attention so most of it was just playing around with friends and just constantly making up worlds and and just constantly playing but then at school in break I'd always take out paper and pens I had very creative friends as well which is good my friend Emily was amazing at drawing so we'd just sort of sit and draw and I'd I wanted to be a fashion designer for a long time too so I just remembered I used to draw dresses every lunch break and just brag to my friends how I was going to start a big fashion house and then (laughs) constantly bragging about all the stuff I was going to (laughs) do it's interesting with a fashion world because I think there's an element towards that in terms of acting which is creating a look for the character so it's interesting how again all these different career paths how many fingers in these pies that you've got all Uh are sort of intertwining together and I love sewing I can I can sew for ages I make Mm. I used to make my own clothes I'm not I'm not the best at sewing but I know how to I know my way around a sewing machine I know how to adjust things and all that sort of stuff so jack of all trades 
<laughs> yeah, no, but the sewing machine, it's, it's something that I've sort of learned quite early on in my career is really impactful and really useful to know. In terms it is. Of- There's things that we think of doing to clothes when we buy it. If it's like it really doesn't fit, we need to take it. You're like, well, I could make this this way or the other. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people, if you don't know how to use one, you're just like, ah, oh, no, just leave it or, ah, you know, that's dead. I've got to throw that out now or whatever. Yeah. Did you go to university? You didn't, did you? No. So I had a very bad time at school for many reasons, a lot of them my own faults. I was always quiet, but at the same time, if I didn't, it's so hard because again, I might be playing into my, the version of events that my mind has created about what happened, or I'm going into what really happened or, a, you know, as rose tinted glasses kind of look upon it. But yeah, I didn't have a great time at school and I left with barely anything. Like I went GCS sees bang out nothing really like I don't know what my GCSEs are I threw them out the day I got them I was just completely not academically if I didn't if I wasn't interested in something that was it I didn't understand the importance of it and then that's kicked me in the teeth you know for years and years to come afterwards but if it was something creative I remember sitting in in English and I'd just be like I'm not interested unless I get to sit here and write a story I just I couldn't (laughs) I was just like I, I and then I I'd spend all day at school barely doing a thing and I'd get home and I'd watch history documentaries and read history books and and then I'd start painting or drawing or sewing or something like my school started the moment I got home but I just didn't get anything for it you know (laughs) it was all just like I just wanted to I would have been very very well off being uh homeschooled I think a la Billie Eilish kind of upbringing that would have been very ideal for me (laughs) but school's not for everyone and I think it's important to say that as well oh god yeah it's hard Mm -hmm. because you've all you're all taking the same exam and people are sort of creative and they don't have time to sort of sit down and focus on sort of paper learning no I really couldn't I just I remember sitting in those exams and just being fascinated I just watch everybody else like how do you do that like how do you just sort of sit there and just do it and, and get on with it it makes me sound very lazy and quite stupid but again I'm just a kinetic learner I I enjoyed every every lesson that was hands-on you know like technology and, and graphics and textiles and even food tech I could sort of concentrate on but if it was something and obviously drama um, and art if it was anything creative then I put my heart and soul in it but if it wasn't and I was just had to sit there and listen I just couldn't help fidgeting or daydreaming or or anything like that I was just not I was not a good student but it's funny because I love learning I constantly want to be learning and um but I look for the things that I'm interested in suffice to say I'm terrible at maths (laughs) no but it's interesting because you've known from an early age of wanting to be a creative person and that's a career path that you follow down towards yeah I always knew I was an artist it's like how people know they're athletes you know you know you're a sporty person that's what you want to do when you get up is go and play sport you want to do that and I think that's the same with being a creative person I remember from an early late age saying you know I'm an artist I knew that was who I was I don't know if that was like an arrogance thing but at the same time that gives you your drive and your ambition to do the things that you want to do and though I didn't have any ambition academically I had a lot of ambition outside of that 
but then of course you get kicked down because you didn't have an, any ambition academically so it's hard to get into um you need to do the things you want to do i just really didn't know this as a as a teenager even i was completely oblivious i was so busy living like i just wanted to go out with my friends after school and then i when i was at home i'd do all my creativity stuff and you know i was so obsessed with just the the whole experience of being a teenager that i didn't really ever think about the repercussions of not doing well while i was at school <laughs> yeah but it sounds like you're a person that lives in the moment I was yes but yeah. now after but then when I left school I went straight into a job in retail which was great because I had a manager that was like the first adult that had ever sort of believed in me that I could do anything and you know encourage me to do any anything I wanted to do and still encourages me now and I'm so thankful for that but I went straight into retail and then worked there for years and worked myself up to deputy manager by like 19 I think I was kind of got stuck in there but then I sort of started to deeply regret not being a good academic and not doing all that stuff and seeing everybody do uni and seeing all this stuff and waking up to all the possibility that I could have had if I'd you know stuck it out like everybody else was yeah. doing at school <laughs> it's only sort of a, a, a growing curve I'm gonna say maybe mm. I don't know if that's the right word but it sounds like it's a growing curve and a development of you as sort of an individual that's mm. impacted you in the, the long term so although yeah you've not got those academic achievements or you've not gone to university you've still sort of manage to find your way in the world I'm lucky that I was the oldest sister of, of three girls and I've got an older brother but I made all the mistakes and then I've got my you know my sister below me Rhiannon who's done a master's now at uni and then the one below who's stuck out school and stuck out everything and um so I'm kind of I was like the one that taught them what not to do but yeah. also taught them to to stick out what they want to do at the same time yeah so <laughs> yeah at least your siblings are on sort of a straight and narrow path then yeah but then they still go to me you know but you know I want to be like you sometimes and I don't understand that but that sounds arrogant even me saying but it still sort of makes me think oh right well I must have done something you know right yeah. <laughs> along the way yeah. <laughs> when did the National Youth Theatre take a part in your life I'd wanted to go back into acting for a while and I'd suffered which was mainly the problem at school with social anxiety any kind of you know just just wanting attention but at the same time not wanting to be seen which I think is very much any teenager's lot in life at that that time but um I had really really bad social anxiety and just so consumed by what people thought of me and so obsessed with that that I just didn't you know I couldn't bear being seen but I also wanted to be an actor but I just felt so self-conscious and um that I couldn't do that especially because I was so bad at school I just thought I'm stupid I can't do anything because obviously if I could then I would have done well at school and then I'd sort of contemplated going back to doing some college because obviously I don't have any A-levels or anything like that. And then I sort of was con contemplating that. And I remember I was uh, painting one of my paintings, which is one of the best paintings I've ever done technically. One of the ones that I can actually bear to look at and go, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was painting that and I was just painting, I was quite happy. And I suddenly just thought, I want to go back to acting. That's what I really, really want to do. And I looked at my phone on Instagram and the first thing that came up was, the National Youth Theatre is doing auditions at the Theatre by the Lake. I clicked on it. And I was like, all right, 40 something, I think it was for the audition, filled out the entire thing. 
sent it off without really thinking well just sort of it just felt like oh right I want to do this oh there's an audition let's go to the audition mm. I put it through and then I went excitedly into my sister's room I was like I've just signed up for an audition for the National Youth Theatre and she was like about bloody time <laughs> it was just like one of those things where you know she'd be, she'd always always said to me you should be an actor because as soon as I came back from the theatre or watching a great film I'd literally leap around the house reciting things trying to get people's attention being very sad in that way of being like this is what I want to do and going off onto these passionate speeches about why I want to do it and then so when that came up it was kind of like fate I mean I'm, I'm a bit cynical but yeah it, it, it was a good moment of being the right thing at the right time so yeah I booked that and I spent ages preparing like I literally consumed all the advice I could find on YouTube and I just I saw Matt Smith's little clip because he's part of he went to National Youth Theatre and it was just I think someone had caught him at an event and said what would you what advice would you give to somebody auditioning for the National Youth Theatre and he said pick something you like pick something you know and try your hardest and I went straight away right I'm doing Jane Eyre that's my favorite book film play everything and I want to do her when she's an 11 year old I mean I was like 23 22 maybe 23 at the time and I was like right I'm doing that monologue I'm doing that and I spent like two months just going over it and practicing and practicing and working hard on it and my my boyfriend who's so lovely would just go through you know he'd be like my director he'd just go through it and he sometimes I'd be like tired he was like no let's, let's do it again let's do it again and again like, let's keep going yeah I did the audition the audition was so much fun I just as soon as we got into that room and we sort of had to do all those stuff that I'm very familiar with now doing lots of drama classes you know doing freeze frames and uh playing silly games and vo vocal warm-ups and stuff like that and I was like this is just fun because I'm a big kid so anything where it's just like being being back at primary school I'm like yeah I love this <laughs> and then the audition happened and I'm I'm very weird because I don't get nervous for auditions I feel ridiculously calm I'm just sort of sat there just very chilled out just I think maybe also I was very secure and I knew that monologue off the back of my hand and I could just do it at any point and I worked on it so much but as soon as I got in there that's when the nerves sort of hit me and I was just like oh my god I'm in this room there's a guy looking at me who's from the National Youth Theatre who wants me to do it yeah so I did the, the monologue and then he got me to do it again and again and again and I was in there for a long time and then I think he was like why do you want to do the National Youth Theatre and I went on this big big speech and I think I started crying um, <laughs> And then anyway, I got out of that room and everybody was like, why were you in there for so long? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I That was the first audition I'd ever done. I was like, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. But yeah, after that, it was how many months you have to wait? I think it's about maybe three or more months. And I was sat at the bus stop, um, got on my way to work and I got the email through and I could only see the subject line because my data wasn't very good. And it just said National Youth Theatre results. I was like, oh, okay. And I opened it and it finally came up and it was like this big picture of a celebration with congratulations. And I was like, I remember I just called up my sister and I just said, you'll never, I did swear, you'll never believe who's got into the National and it was just like this big ah, and it was just nuts so then I sort of said to everybody you know I'm gonna do this and see how I feel about it now and see if this is something I want to do go with it and see what it's like because I had been out of out of acting since GCSE essentially I'd always do that thing where you'd act in the mirror and you'd, you know you'd sort of remember lines and I'd always I've always done silly voices and learn accents and uh all that kind of made little skits and stuff but yeah so it was like right let's go to the national youth theater 
and see <laughs> if this is something we want to do now. And as soon as I got there and you walk into that room and, you know, you're with your entire class and it was an all female group that we were in um, making this all female play, which was amazing. And it was just the cliche thing that you hear all the time about the National Youth Theatre. I felt like I was finally in a room with my people, like people that wanted to make stuff and that really, really took creativity seriously, but also were there to have a great time and to that they genuinely love making stuff and and doing things so yeah I found that just really eye-opening and the the confidence that I came back with after MIT was just ridiculous <laughs> of going there's other people like me there's other people that, that enjoy being creative this is great <laughs> and I think it, it's really fundamental because the National Youth Theatre is about promoting the creativity and inclusivity with sort of yes. everyone that you sort of meet towards there what what did you get up to with the National Youth Theatre talk us through sort of a, a day-to-day yeah so I was in the epic stages course um so we're there for a month and down in Sidcup at Rosebrooth Bruford, we have a whole month to devise and put on a play and it's six days a week from like, was it like nine o'clock in the morning till sometimes six or later at night? So really long days. And we were making a play about a very uh, hard subject too, which is about rape and consent and how women's, like how little of rape cases go through to conviction. So it was, although it was like the best time ever, it was incredibly challenging mentally, physically, and just, yeah, it was nuts. And some people, you know, it was, a, it was a lot for all of us. There were moments where we were all best friends and there were moments where tensions were high because of the subject matter and different people's opinions and different people's sadly experiences and, and all that kind of stuff. But on the day-to-day, you know, we get there at really early in the morning and then we do exercise. So we sort of have like a warm-up. Everybody in the group would at one point do lead the warm-up so on my turn I did I brought in a canvas and just got everybody to just just go and do something on the canvas um that expressed the play in some way um so we've just I've got this canvas at home which is literally just looks like it's just covered in paint splatters essentially (laughs) but it's really cool because everybody's made a mark on it so that's really great but yeah we'd sort of start off with something like that and then exercising maybe some yoga or we had the musician self-esteem who's amazing that I luckily she commissioned me to do a painting for recently which is her single cover for her new song I do this all the time which is one of the best songs I've ever heard um which is doing amazing in the charts and everything at the moment she would come in and teach us a dance which I cannot dance, not for the life of me. Um, <laughs> definitely, I can do it on my own, but as soon as it's synchronized choreography, I I can't do it. But she'd lead like an ex- exercise and then a dance when the de- on the days that she had available, which was really great. And then we'd sit down and discuss all these you know hard subjects and how it felt as a woman and and how you know it's all the stuff that's been going around recently as well. This kind of conversation around women's safety and how safe you feel walking home at night or just work- walking home during the day. Um, where we live and and experiences people have had and stuff like that and we were making this play called Phaedra so it was about this I don't know if you know anything about you know my, my memory is gonna fail me greatly with the director Sarah Joyce which was amazing to work with her 
because she's just a fantastic director. And she had a play on at the Druid Theatre recently, Once Upon a Bridge, which was just incredible. I was completely hooked by that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of improvising games. We would do, you know, stuff to work on our acting. We'd have scripts that we would some days uh, learn. And then Sarah would give us tasks some evenings to, you know, to write something and be ready to to perform it the next day um which was really challenging but I, I reveled in that yeah but again you know I was coming into this completely blind I was all I was naive but excited but also very aware that some people there have been acting for a lot lot longer than me and have been taking it seriously for a long long time so I was respectful of that and also felt very much like a beginner as well as being dumped in the deep pool but people never made me feel like I didn't deserve to be there any you know I any less than than they did um which was really great but I didn't take it for granted either I was just like this very lucky I don't know how I got here I don't believe I I think there was a fault in the system because this makes no sense but I'm here now so <laughs> let's give it a go <laughs> that self-doubt though I think comes from sort of a lot lot of factors that imposter syndrome I know it yeah. comes from me as a director sometimes if the work that I do I feel very incredibly lucky and very privileged that I, I'm able to do sort of this work and think do people mm. really want to give it to me it, is it, have I really done the right person for this job? So I think a lot of this imposter syndrome is seen throughout the industry, which makes Definitely. it, it makes it an interesting conversation as well to have, because you then realise that a lot of people feel the same way that you do, and then you feel a bit more relieved about it, and then you're able to do the job at hand. Yeah, and I think it's something to be grateful for, because I think it keeps you grounded to a certain extent, like it hopefully won't let you get too big of a head and, and then not notice other people in the room and, and stuff like that so I think it's a good it's annoying and it's but it it, it kind of make sure you keep you keep thinking and yeah after the um national youth theater what productions were you involved in I want because I was very much a beginner dumped in at the deep end I was sort of looking around for classes so I started with a beginner's course but I as soon as I got there I was like I know I'm further along than this already but like I felt good that I'd started at the beginning again so that I wasn't just arrogantly walking off going, I know exactly what I'm doing already. Cause that's not true at all. Like, you know, you never stop learning. I wanted to be able to have the respect of being like, I've started from the beginning and yeah, I went to the National Youth Theatre, but then I went back and, and made sure that I gained the right experience and started again properly. So it was more just getting back into like classes and actually learning how to do the thing that I discovered that I wanted to do again. So and then um, I haven't had a lot of credits. Like I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm very much in the learning stage mm. and but also looking for work. Like you're constantly looking for, I'm always auditioning for stuff and, and that, but it's hard, isn't it? Especially if you don't have spotlight. <laughs> that's what you work towards yeah. um so i did green with scratching collective so that was really great which was over zoom so i did that and then wnm yeah it's just making stuff on you know creating my stuff on my own and then i did the knock and nash course they, they're a very new um, company it's set up they're amazing and did their screen acting course so we, we've talked a lot about acting, um, but we've not really mentioned the art. So what is it about art? Is there a particular style that you're sort of focused towards? It's everything about it, I think. Again, it's another thing of being a creative person and what can you do on your own? But then it's it's also separate from that, that I'm obsessed with paintings. There's no like better thing than going into an art gallery and that feeling that you get. I always say like, like that, that's my Tiffany's <laughs> going into like a, into a gallery and just 
like breathing a sigh of relief of being around all these great pieces of artwork. It's everything about paint. It's the texture of it. It's the look of it. It's the the expression of it, the personality that every artist brings to it. It's the feeling that's like kind of frozen in time in it. It's that they can mean a myriad of different things. Every single painting you look at can it has so many different meanings. Whatever anybody, it, it's interesting because now when I go into galleries a lot, if I go, um, I'm moving to Edinburgh um, in a few days <laughs> and I've been to Edinburgh lots of times whenever I went there because I had classes there, drama classes. So I got there for a couple of days every week to do that. And then I'd always go into the portrait gallery, the National Portrait Gallery and then the National Gallery. Whenever I went in, like the first time you go in, you sort of look at everything. And then the next time you go in, right, I'm going to look at my favourite paintings. But now when I go in to any gallery that I've been to before, I'm like, what painting did I miss? What painting did I walk past because it didn't hit me straight away the first time? And I will look at that painting and I will zone in on it and I will sort of like scrutinise it to no end and then step back and really think about someone painted this and this, you know, this means something. And it's there's something there that I need to figure out. And some of my favourite paintings now are ones that I once just you know just sort of went yeah and then walked past and <laughs> now I go oh wow okay yeah but I didn't pick this up the first time there's so much in here that I didn't notice but then again I will go in and look at paintings that I've always loved and I have to look for something I never noticed before what's incredible about the way that you're talking about it and the, the way that you're describing it is how passionate you are about mm. art and how really it, it really sounds like it's part of your DNA it is. It, I don't know how, how not to do without it. I and mean, I used to say, like, I can't not paint, but I think it's more like I can't not create any, you know, because now I find that sometimes I don't feel like painting. I feel like it's sort of like before I had acting as well as something that I was physically pursuing, I'd always be like, I want to paint. And then I'd paint and I'm like, it's, it's not going right or it's just not working. But now I recognise that it wasn't necessarily that I needed to paint. It was that I needed to do something creative. And sometimes that's, you know, I can have weeks where it's just, acting 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 that's all I care about that's what I'm passionate about that's what I need to do and then I'll have weeks where it's just like painting 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 <laughs> this is all that matters this is it like this is the thing and then it's it switches and changes all the time but um yeah it is definitely I mean that's my starting point that's something I'm very grateful to always have I'm, I know it so well like I'm, it's all self-taught but I know it in depth enough and I know the techniques well enough and I'm finally this year because I had a big breakdown without with um painting last year of just not being able to face it whatsoever but I luckily had acting to you know feed that part of me but just having a breakdown with feeling inadequate and very bad at it and um very you know upset because I didn't have the following on Instagram for my work and I'd never been in a gallery before and all that kind of stuff mm. and just being all you know consumed with that stuff but and not knowing what my style was anymore but now I've found something that I really love and I found the enjoyment in it again and the best part is it is the work like I think that's the best thing about anything you should never be thinking about the end result it's a very um there's a in ja Japan it's about oh I'm not gonna be able to create it properly or anything so I'm not gonna try but it's about the doing the whole joy should be in the doing it shouldn't be in what you your ambitions for it in the end are if you can't enjoy the process then what's the point like if you can't sit there and enjoy painting then why are you doing it so I just had to remind myself of that which took a long time is that this sitting down and doing that is what's good and the same thing with acting you can you can get bogged down in 
that why am I not at that point yet or this point yet but as soon as you get back into work and working on something and even if it's just a self-tape for an audition you might not get but that is the work you get to do that thing you love for the next how many hours it takes you to do your prep work and your self-tape and and all your rehearsal and whatnot like as soon as you get there and perform you remember oh this is the feeling I'm striving for I'm not striving for to be famous I'm not striving for um, rewards I'm striving to have these moments of getting to do the thing I want to do what excites you about the future well you see now I'm going to contradict myself because (laughs) um what excites me no it's just having um pushing myself in areas that I haven't before so actually hopefully getting my work in somewhere would be amazing because though of course the doing is very important um you want people to see it at the same time like you hope that someone you've got to have a purpose for doing it at all like you hope that you can do something for someone like the old masters I love and the artists I love when you go and see their work does for you and for others you know you want to have that kind of reward for that so I want to get into somewhere with my artwork and then with acting is get as much much experience as I can what excites me is again it's it's the work I hope in the future to me and my sisters have been working on scripts for a long time we all want to be making films and we've had ideas that have been there for years and years and years that we've been working on and so I think in the next year we want to film our first like feature length film and also make some more short films because we sort of do stuff but it's like very much kept to ourselves but to push ourselves to widen our group of creative people that we work with as well so we want to meet more people that would love to work on the scripts that we have and would like to make something with us so that's kind of what most excited about is making our own work and finding a group of people that also want to make work with us do you work a lot with your sisters on projects yes but it you know when you work with your family it's about 20 percent work and the rest is just chatting rubbish or arguing <laughs> So it's a long process of, yeah. So we, we talk a lot about all the stuff we're going to do. And then we do have good stories and we have these great moments of inspiration. And we'll sit down and we'll get stuff done. And then to be honest, though, it's, it is life getting in the way of like normal life stuff, like working and getting a job and getting money and all that sort of jazz. So, yeah, we do. We do as much as we can. And that's what we want to do is work together on stuff, especially my sister, Abigail. She wants to direct so she's a great photographer and a great director so we want to help each other with that sort of stuff and we believe in each other's ideas so that's really nice that we do have we're very lucky that we have that we all want to work in a very similar industry and it's always nice to have that sort of support network from family members Mm, yeah it's nice that you're all going into the same industry working together recommendations then what recommendations show up for us today Brian? I recently finally got National Theatre at home and finally watched Yerma which I'm sure most uh, everybody else that's in this thing's probably already seen but it was just absolutely mind-blowing I mean you can see why Billy Piper and you know that whole production got everything every acclaim that he did because it was just a masterclass in acting and making theatre I think <laughs> um, so I'd say Yerma Simon Stone by Simon Stone the the modern version and then my favourite one of my favourite actors of all time is uh, Anthony Hopkins anything Anthony Hopkins does is amazing Uh, especially I'm a big fan of Westworld so if you haven't watched Westworld yet watch Westworld (laughs) Uh, because I just watch his um, parts from that over and over again he's so captivating and also the writing on that show is just amazing great concept too 
Then finally then, question that we like to finish on and ask all of our guests is if you could talk to someone younger than yourself, what message would you give them? Don't worry what other people think about you. <laughs> mm. um, which is, I think, a cliche one, but it's, it's very true. And also don't get bogged down in what other people are doing. So I think they go hand in hand. Like don't compare yourself to everybody else. If you're a creative person... The fact that you're doing something different or the fact that you can't see what you're doing anywhere else is a good thing. It's, it's all that stuff of like express yourself, don't express everybody else. Just be, be you and let yourself be you and let yourself be authentic, I think. Is that good advice? <laughs> it's the best advice that we've got for today. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brian, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you. It's for been coming. great. Thank you so much, Adam, for inviting me on this podcast. And without further ado, that's the end of series one. So thank you to the listeners out there for joining us over these past 10 weeks. It's been wonderful to have all these guests on. Please stay tuned for series two coming out later in the year. But for now, take care. Bye, guys.